Okay. Welcome to Startup Roast, Garage Society's podcast for the time-hungry entrepreneur. My name is Hei Pang, and I'm filling in for James today as we speak with Tina Gogia, who is a digital marketing expert and the founder and managing director of Pandasia Digital. So welcome, Tina. Just want to ask you to, we can start with you uh, telling us a bit about yourself and your background, what you're currently working on in Hong Kong. Thanks uh, for the introduction I you. So um, about myself, I got into digital marketing around eight years ago, 2010, when I got headhunted actually by Google back in Dublin. Um, and back then I had no idea how you know Google Ads worked or, you know, I, I wasn't even sure that people click on those ads, to be honest. Um, once I got in, then I saw how powerful it was. So um, I worked there for three years. I, I helped small, medium businesses tap into Google ad solutions, um, predominantly on the Dutch market. And then you're from you're from Netherlands, Netherlands originally, yeah, correct, correct. And after three years, then I moved to Facebook because I was you know quite interested in social media. And back then, Facebook was kind of growing as well quite rapidly in Dublin. Um, so I joined their large customer team where I worked for quite bigger brands, uh, tapping into Facebook ad solutions. Back then was the newsfeed advertising launched. Um, so we kind of helped bigger companies tap into Facebook together with other agencies and with the sales team in the back, based in the Netherlands uh, to reach their goals, basically. Making sure that they were you know, doing the right things on Facebook and they were getting good return investment. And so you recently moved to Hong Kong a little while ago and now you're starting you've just started your own business correct correct so i i um ended up in hong kong now actually almost three years ago two years i had seven different roles in hong kong i did different things i learned a lot about the market as well and then since beginning of 2018 i launched my own company uh, pandasia digital um focused on facebook and google ad solutions to drive business um, and growth for small media businesses but also some large clients uh, besides also the trainings, so you know, it's like we've done with Garage Society, um, you know, provide various kind of type of trainings to throughout Hong Kong, basically to students or to people that would like to learn more how to do it. So it's it's more about, you know, people realize that they, they need to be on those channels, just kind of really teach them how to do it and what are the best practices. Awesome. So it's great to hear about your background and how you're previously at Google and Facebook. And those are quite challenging companies to get into. So just want to hear more about your experiences there and what was the hiring process like and, and eventually what what drove you to maybe move on from those companies as well? Yeah, that's a great question. I get asked that a lot. Uh, you know, how did you get in Google and um you know, what's the process like? Um, so actually, I should say that for me, it, the process has been quite easy because I very easily click with a team. So um, it is quite tough to get in. It is true because they hire, I think, 1% out of the CVs that they get. But there is a steps involved. First, you need to go through the CV review process with the HR. And then after, if it's passed, you know, it kind of passed that, that you're gonna go and have several interviews with a team. With it starts with the manager. If you have a good interview there, then you you know kind of progress and you meet the team. Then you talk with basically three four people of the team, and if everyone is you know um, um, agree on that you're a good fit for the role, then you will get hired. But also there's a lot of more bit of more follow up steps involved. 
But however, it just for me was very natural kind of way. I don't didn't find it difficult at all. Um, and since then, I've been help helped actually a couple of people to kind of you know put their CV out there and gave them some tips because there are some things that you know makes it stand out for Google um, because. Google typically likes people that are more doers than more thinkers. Um, so not only thinkers, let's say. So it's great that you know the strategy, it's great that you know everything theory, but just go ahead and do it and be that you know uh, person that kind of acts on it. That's what they really appreciate. So just not only you know kind of absorbing and um, just getting your hands dirty basically. That kind of attitude helps. And if you're passionate any, any about other things, you're doing it in your free time, that's also something that Google appreciates typically. So, uh, and that's actually the higher process they have. I really like it myself as well. So I try to also incorporate with mine. So if you, you know, if I would future, you know, get higher people, then I'll definitely leave those features as well. Because every company at some point, great theory, great to know the strategies, but implementing, making sure things get done. It's, I think for Google and Facebook, the same. You need to have that attitude. And not be you know afraid or whatever and just go and do it basically and have a passion is i mean it's not all about work at the end of the day you should need some some extra passions and making society better you know making your environment better is something that google is always passionate in as well as facebook actually so they do a lot of great things inside as well so the more initiative they see from people you know the better put this out in your cv you know get you know tell them what you do all that helps to get into google and so for you, what was your area of passion that was particularly interesting? So I did a lot of things actually um, when I was a student, like aside activities for students, extracurricular activities were organized, uh, but also caught attention, you know, the hobbies that I had. And one of it back then was martial arts and I kind of resonated with them, um, especially with the manager back then <laughs> because he was doing the same. He was totally fascinated by it. <laughs> so they loved that fact. And also I played piano. Um, also when I was younger quite well high level so that also kind of you know draw their attention um, but I, it's not only that of course it's, it's you know um, I, I, what the, I had in my CV as well and also with numbers it's just I was in top 10 of the students um, so I graduated really good you know I had very good grades and um, it's debatable if they look at it uh, now or not but they do definitely take that into account for the hiring if you were in like top 10 of the best students, you know, of your class or not. That kind of indicates for them that you are, you know, you are proactive and you love to learn and kind of develop yourself. And yeah, that is just the kind of type of personality. But then again, with every kind of type, the different types of teams might be looking different types of people, but there's this one tendency they tend to really like, and that is just that you're passionate about more things, you get things done and you are top 10 percent definitely helps awesome i would love to have a google uh practice of hiring heroes <laughs> would love to have that result as well <laughs> let's 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 try to implement that we can do a whole google uh series on how to hire <laughs> awesome so i guess then you transition to facebook um yeah. what 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 pushed you to move because i i think People tend to like working at Google, I think. Yeah, it's like I, a really one of the highest ranked, you know, employee satisfaction company. It is, so actually. What drove you to, to move on to Facebook? So I think Google is typically ranked just below, actually, Facebook. Facebook is, if you look at Glassdoor, that is, it's ranked a bit higher. Um, 
And Facebook is a bit different, to be honest. Uh, Google is much over quite a big company. It has its own structures. Um, and it has great weight. You work with one of the best people in, in the fields, typically. You work with people who graduated Harvard or like really, really smart. Um, Facebook is also the same, but Facebook is a bit smaller. I mean, at least back then when I joined, it was much smaller. So it felt more entrepreneurial. You could get things more done yourself. You could put up more initiatives back then at Facebook. So you had a very good idea about how you could do things differently. Facebook, you know, was open to it. Your manager would listen and they would maybe even implement it if you had a very good idea. So whereas Facebook, uh, you know, Google had four or 5,000 employees and it's much more structured. But it had to be, right? Because it's such a big company. So my move had to do more because I wanted to be more in the entrepreneurial field and Facebook just felt better. And I also wanted to do, like basically learn more about social media and how that kind of, you know, helps companies to grow their businesses. I found quite interesting. And from there, you decided to start your own business. Correct. So you've launched Pandasia for the last year and would love to hear more about how that's been going and the whole process, your journey, any particular challenges that you faced? Yeah, I think everything has been quite, I mean, you know, quite easy to do in Hong Kong and to set up your company. The only challenge I had in the beginning was to get my investment visa. You need to make sure that you follow the rules. You have all the type, you know, because you're starting to work for yourself. You need to be aware of those things that you need to have in place. Um, so getting my investment visa just took a bit of time. And then the, I think the biggest challenge was just basically getting my business bank account, <laughs> which took like took two months, you know, quite long. Um, so that you need to be aware of if you start something, you know, you're a foreigner and you start here on company, it takes a while. All in all, it took around three, four months, I would say, that was fully set up. And then the next challenge was, okay, so I have this set up and what are the other things I need to be aware of, like billing systems, invoices, all that. That's something I was not familiar with, so you know I had to learn a lot of those things as well. Because you know it's not only being specialized in your field, but now you have to wear a lot of different hats um, and actually think about a lot of things uh, that you never thought about it. Because if you work for a boss, you know you don't think about invoicing, you don't you don't think about those things. Luckily, <laughs> but once you're on your own and you start your own company, then you know. You to really go into like okay how do I do the bookkeeping and who do I do it or you know do I hire a company to do it uh, who does the HR what are the contracts what's the legal implications um, um, and then you know you need to think a lot of stuff but once you go through it and you figure it out it's, it's, it's quite a journey but it's a great learning process I would say yeah and we really appreciate that even in this time of you know, a lot of new challenges and, and new growth for you and your business. You've still taken the time to partner with us and, and deliver a lot of marketing training for our communities and for um, different uh, new businesses in Hong Kong and individuals who are looking to start their own business. So I'd love to hear more about your passion for supporting um, businesses and individuals with marketing and why Why do you do it? What, what drives you to, to be such a great trainer? So what's your why, right, for the company? So I really, I just basically enjoy uh, teaching. And I did that for General Assembly for, you know, twice. And um, it can be sometimes challenging, but I just love sharing the ideas and kind of, you know, teach people how. And what happens then is you teach them something and you see that people take different things out of it. And then they, you know, they kind of take it to the next level themselves. So actually, you know, they become themselves quite more savvy and then they use it very differently for their own business. 
And I just, you know, I just take a lot of um, pleasure out of that. Just to see that progress someone is making, you know, just coming in, not knowing anything, what to do online, and walking away basically with a good knowledge what they could do. Either they implement it or not, that's another thing. Uh, but at least they know what's possible. And then you get, you know, they come to you and say, oh, that was great, very insightful. So that kind of makes up the day. Um, I'd love to do those even for free, and I try to do where it's possible, but, you know, Hong Kong is quite expensive. You know, you got to pay your rent and all that. So I try to keep it as low as possible um, because I do think that education should be as much as possible for free. I try to do it. And also thinking next year doing more charity, you know, giving them special promotions maybe or students that want to learn uh, to make it more accessible as possible or at least give them resources where they can, you know, learn more and become more digital savvy basically. Uh, so that's my why. Uh, Julie, I love it. Yeah, that's really, um, we so appreciate it because it's hard to, it's sometimes hard to find people who are so passionate about teaching and sharing the knowledge for, for these very genuine reasons. So we really, really appreciate all the, all the events that we've done together. And we've done a series with you called An Ex-Googler's Guide to a Variety of Different Digital Marketing Tools. So just wondering if you can share with our audience, what are some key ways to stay up to date on the latest marketing trends, especially in terms of the essential platforms like Google and social media like Facebook and Instagram? What would you say are some um, best practices to stay up to date? Um, I would recommend subscribing to the newsletters and insights industry updates directly. So you get that in your inbox once it's out. You can rely on some other you know, um, magazines out there that kind of you know, put it in one. But I typically find it better to just kind of subscribe directly. So for Facebook and Instagram, you'll have their own business for Facebook page where you can basically very easy sign up, even per industry, per country, to get those updates, um, case studies, everything. Um, the same for Google. There's Google Insights that you can subscribe to. Um, you know, try to kind of stay updated that way, you know, directly from them. For me, it's the best way to kind of, you know. And then I try to also create that uh, content on my own Facebook page uh, or Instagram page as much as I can. Sometimes I just don't have a lot of time for that for now because of the resources, but it's something that I want to do more actively. So uh, you can, you know, like my page or subscribe to my page and stay updated. It's Padesia Digital. If you Google it, then you will find it right quickly. Um, and then I try to create sometimes there, you know, some, uh, some type of updates, important updates that push out but also any, you know, organic or, or like advertising because it's continuously changing. Um, I don't stay updated that much on, for example, Facebook doing, you know, if they doing something new with the organic because I'm more focused on performance based. So I think it's more advertising and it's more analytics on that part. I find it, you know, quite more important because we know the organic is quite challenging at the moment and it's, it's kind of, you know, difficult to tap into it for free so you know considering the paid and everything that's happening there it's quite interesting so just subscribe to those bigger channels by yourself and then you can stay updated i would say and also join our upcoming workshops with you exactly yeah because <laughs> I, I love that you always incorporate you know it's always something new to incorporate into the trainings because there's always something new happening with the platform absolutely um and so in terms of foundational marketing for a new business, what would you say are some essentials that a new business should take into consideration um, and what they should consider when they're uh, investing in their SEM 
different marketing channels. Right. So before actually um, investing or you know thinking about advertising, it's I think it's very good to think about a couple of things. Um, have a look at your website, see if it's very easy to convert. If if you don't have any extra steps included, that kind of makes someone to drop off. Uh, check your website in mobile if it's you know good enough to go. Check the speed of your website. If it loads longer than I think in a couple of seconds, you might have an issue. Um, you might be downgraded by Google even in search results, and it might even impact your advertising results because people might be bouncing off quite quickly. Because we are, you know, in fast-paced world, we want to get that everything fast, fast, fast. So if your website isn't, uh, or your buying process on the website is becomes very slow, then you might have some problem. Um, also think about who is your buyer persona. So who is your target audience? Um, you know, what's the age, demographics, interest? What's the pain point, and how are you solving that? I think it's a good way before you start even thinking about advertising, to be honest, because that will make your channels easier to identify it will make better uh, message on those channels that resonates with your customer with your audience so it makes just better marketing for your own so i think and um if you're a local business in hong kong then definitely sign up for google my business if you haven't because then you will show up for free and organic you know uh, results on the right on the right side with all the information about your uh, product or service and then uh, people will be able to provide reviews. Um, you know, I've pe- I've people um, you know telling me that if you have very good reviews there, that it might even help your business uh, drive more people to your website or you know more things. So it's you know it's for free. Sign up for that. It's, if you Google Google my business, then uh, and now you can even post there. So what happens is if someone types your business name, it appears on the right hand side. And then if you have any post events going on, it will just show up there. So it's like Google Plus in a way, but Google Plus has been depreciated. So you can use this option to incorporate now in Google My Business. Yeah, I've been seeing they've, they've been really um, updating yes. the business aspects. Correct. You can even build a website on it. So it's, it's definitely, you know, it's for free. And I would definitely recommend of every local business to be signed on. It's, it's really good. It, it just adds to your credibility and... Hey, if you have great reviews, that's even better. And so I know that online marketing can vary in best practices for, say, like e-commerce businesses sure. versus like brick and mortar offline businesses. So, are there any tips that you would sh- you could share about what are best practices for the different kinds of businesses that need to use online marketing? Um, so it kind of depends what what kind of objectives a company has and what it wants to achieve. So depending on what you want to achieve, that you can tap into those channels accordingly. So let's say you are quite new, you're a startup, right? People don't know your name. So for them going to Google your name is probably not likely, right? And if they're going to Google a product or service, then you're competing with the top four. In that case, you want to build awareness. So then I recommend, you know, testing Facebook channel to see how that resonates your uh, your message to the audience and what it kind of you know what kind of performance it drives and then looking at accordingly the key performance indicators you know that correspond to your objectives is quite crucial so if you want to get brand awareness out if that's your number one key and it should be if you're quite new and no one knows you yet then you're going to look at ad impressions how many people you reached in the market what's your rate of people going to your website and ultimately what converting 
But if you are already a bit of known and you just want to drive results right away, so conversion, let's say we call it, then you might want to you know drive more website traffic, uh, what um, campaigns like Google Ads or Facebook Ads that drive traffic to your website. Um, so it kind of depends on what you want to do, and then you know objectives, and then accordingly look at when your buyer persona, which you know which channels are they using, because there might be on LinkedIn, you might be totally overlooking it. Or they might be on Facebook, but not every channel works on Facebook either. So you know, it's it's just a matter of testing and trying out. But knowing your objectives before, I think does help a lot. And for online, I mean, so for offline businesses, um, I know that there are special tactics that might be pretty successful. I think I heard something about like they use location based marketing now. Correct. Can you share a little bit more about it? It creeps me out a bit, but I think it's it's kind of effective. Well, you, you can target with Google and Facebook basically on in a very, it's radius even people. So let's say you're a restaurant, you have your lunch menu and you want to drive people to, you know, to your restaurant during the lunch hours. You can basically target certain hours, certain area and show up in, in, in Facebook newsfeed directly, drive people to your store basically because it will show up as get locations. Someone clicks on it, you know, they see the map and that can drive directly people to go to your um, to your restaurant. So, and the same is for the store. It's also possible to have Facebook ads as well as Google ads with certain type of promotions. Uh, location extensions, one of it by Google shows up, you know, where you're located. And you can basically drive people to you directly to your store. Um, can be some measurement is a bit of uh, of a tr- uh, tricky part here, obviously, you know, because connecting the, those dots can be a little bit tough. However, if you're doing very certain promotion on Facebook, you're not doing anywhere else, and you know, people are dropping in and asking for the promotion, you kind of can attribute it already to Facebook. So then you know that comes from that channel. And then if that works for you, great, so you can scale it up. And then you can do the same for Google Ads as well. Yeah, I think there's so many different tools that you can adapt for each particular situation for your business because I remember from a lot of your workshops from even not just the introductory ones but also your more um, uh, in-depth ones you always say that there really is no silver bullet for marketing um, that it really takes adaptation and some trial and error and um, and testing out different different uh, ways to reach the your audience and your customers Um, and I think what you're saying about focusing on the buyer persona and, and really getting to know your, your customers, that's that's essential. Absolutely. And also, you know, at a certain point, you can kind of have best practices within the vertical, kind of what works for e-com or what works for CPG brands or, you know, it, to a certain point it can. However, within that vertical, you have differences in type of audience you're targeting, your products, um, countries. So, you know, it, it's tough to have, and that, that's actually why it makes Facebook advertising such a challenging part, because it works very different, and no campaign is the same either. So it's very unpredictable in that sense. So that's why you need to start testing. But on the other hand, there's a lot of practices you can learn already for the case studies, you know, kind of get ideas on what you could be doing within your vertical. And there's all, you know, all of that is already our business for Facebook. You can even view all the case studies in your country or the same vertical but other countries to get a very good idea on what you could be doing to have maybe similar effects. 
But however, you know, it also requires some sort of testing, obviously, to see if that works for you as well and for your market and, you know, for your own product or for your own service. So because there's so many variables in Facebook advertising involved, it's kind of very difficult to make it very standardized. And that's the challenge. And that's why agencies exist, so it's a good thing. The experts. The experts, when you can help, because if you have more knowledge, if you've done it in the same vertical, then you just understand it better. So, you, you know, you can help the client on so much better way and make more informed decisions. Um, however, agencies that don't have experience at some point, they should, you know, it's okay, you can learn and then pass that on as well. And, you know, you get more clients in certain kind of vertical, definitely that helps. So it's all about learning, testing, what works, tracking, obviously. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Tina. Really always appreciate your wealth of knowledge and expertise. We're looking forward to hosting more events and workshops with you um, in the coming year. And we really hope that um, everything continues to grow and um, Pandesha um, continues to be a success in Hong Kong. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Um, I hope uh, you know the, everyone that listens to it finds it quite helpful. If you have any questions, shoot me an email, tina at pandasiadigital.com or just go to pandasiadigital.com and there's a form that you can submit. And I'm happy to answer any questions that you guys might have about it. So yeah, looking forward to our partnership for the next year. Awesome. Thanks, Tina. Thank you. Take care. <laughs> Take care.